What timeline determines whether you're a true local? Do you have to be born here? Or is it in death we belong? I wonder what your story is. I wonder about your roots. I want you to tell me if I belong here. Katie Glynn started off as a mentor of mine, but I quickly recognized in her a friend and fellow performer whose work and spirit I respect a great deal. Based in the picturesque little art town of Lanesboro, Minnesota, Katie shares the story of The Root River Anthology, a play she originally began writing for the stage in memory of her father and adapted as a lyrical, musical, whimsical radio play in response to the pandemic lockdown. It was recorded rather creatively in closets and on iPhones, and the Commonweal Theatre Company resident ensemble and the members of Katie's theatre company, Art, which is Audacious Raw Theatre, are the featured voices. The music is by composer Eric Carranza. We flex and flow in our conversation, meandering through metaphorical waters, both calm and turbulent, finding moments of delicate and profound wisdom along the way. I hope you'll feel as calm and restored as I did listening to this conversation here on The Renaissance. Hi. I'm Raina, and you're listening to The Raina Sense, my meandering, freewheeling, improvised podcast where I talk to people that interest me about whatever grabs our fancy. This podcast probably isn't going to help you grow your business or save time or make money. It's not goal-oriented or results-driven or outcome-focused. So put on your headphones, take a walk, go for a drive or have a little lie down and savor the bliss of doing little else but listening to eccentric people being open and honest and enjoying each other's company. If you dig my vibe, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello. Katie! <laughs> yes! Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I am well. Here are the following, these are the following things you may hear in the background on our call today. You may hear heavy machinery. Okay. You may hear a buzz saw. <laughs> you may hear airplanes flying overhead. Possibly mm-hmm. a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, you might hear chickens. <gasps> you may hear a cat. Oh. <laughs> and you might hear me burping occasionally because I just ate a bowl of ramen noodles very fast as my breakfast and lunch because today is like that. So <laughs> here is the landscape, the soundscape <laughs> that we are dealing with. And I may not hear any of it because I have... Um, over ear noise cancelling headphones on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is what we have to work with. I am delighted to have you on the show. I am delighted to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Are you kidding me? Of course. For everyone <laughs> that is listening in the future when this is published, um, 
Katie is my mentor and guide and friend, compatriot in many things. Um, We met last year. Was it last year? It was. It was last summer. Yes. Yeah. Summer ago and... Katie saw pieces of me that I was not able to see and I was getting trained to be a coach. Um, It's something I'd done in the past, but it'd been a long time and I was learning a new methodology and a new way in. And Katie held my hand. We jumped together and she said, it's going to be okay and you're going to be great. And that's (laughs) where we started. Somewhere, did we meet for the first time in like, what state was it? Missouri. Yes, yes. (laughs) Of all places, we met in Missouri. Yes. In a small town in a business park (laughs) in a hotel room in Missouri on the floor that for some reason smelled of cigarette smoke. Both of us noted that, I remember. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was was, uh, an unpleasant scent, but pleasant company. Very pleasant company. Yeah. yeah, we got along right away. Yeah. I know. It was magical. <laughs> yeah. How have you been? <laughs> what is going on? I want to talk about so many things. And you've been up to all kinds of magical things in these last few months. You've been making art. I have, yes. Tell me about art. Yeah. I will tell you about my art. Let's see. Well, it begins with art, which stands for audacious raw theater which is a company that i founded how many years ago four years ago um it um it was i i like to say it was born out of creative chaos i i felt like i was um uh kind of um i i felt like i had been i don't know the word that just came to my mind was expelled from a certain world. I don't really, I, I mean, it was voluntary, my my leaving uh, sort of this cozy niche that I had been in. Um, and it was a very creative environment. And when I didn't have that anymore, I found like, oh my gosh, I have to have it again. But I have to be the boss what I did. I said that out loud. The world just heard me say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, or I have to be a, 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 a strong voice in a collaborative collective. And that's really what I want art to be. So what I do, I invite, uh, traditionally, I have been inviting seven other performers to come to my hometown of Lanesboro, Minnesota. Is that where you are right now? For- that's where I am right now. Yes. I'm sitting in my living room. I'm looking out. It's green and beautiful. I have a cat by my side, hydrangea and pine trees. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. Yeah. So I invite, I invite artists to come to Lanesboro for seven days to create seven or more new works and then to perform them for live audiences at the end of that week. And it, it, it's been wonderful. I've had some great artists come through, some core artists who keep coming back year after year. Uh, and, um, 
and then we add new people into the mix. And then this year, so what happened was it's audacious raw theater, but then COVID hit. Mm. And so the raw became reimagined because we couldn't meet in person. And, uh, and the company where my husband works, the Commonwealth Theater, they were also reeling. Uh, in fact, they've had to, like many theaters, uh, completely cancel their uh their on stage live season so we all collaborated and we took a play of mine called the root river anthology and we gave birth to it as a radio play mm. it was so much fun reina i know you've heard mm -hmm. it so i'm i'm actually eager to talk and hear what you thought about it and you know fire away ask questions um we sat in our closets and we worked on Zoom. Well, <laughs> we... I would always, that was part of my question was how did you create this piece of magic? And I will put, we'll include a link somewhere in this world of how to get to it. Unless you have something, a URL you can share right off the bat where people can go and hear it. Oh, let's see. Well, they can hear it if they go to my website. I've got links to the SoundCloud version of it and that is rawdacious dot art r-a-w-d-a-c-i-o-u-s dot a-r-t awesome well i highly yeah. recommend anyone listening check this out i was completely enthralled by just mm. the feel of it and the production mm. quality did not feel <laughs> like it was coming out of someone's closet many people's closets in different <laughs> yes. places um, yeah, there's this ma magical meandering quality to it that made me feel like I was right there with the, and you know, I'm a sound person. So the sounds were a big part of that. Just feeling immersed. Um, I had to keep restarting cause I would get in such a relaxed state, which I think is oh. great. Like it's, it's a compliment. I would, it would make me yes. feel so relaxed. I mean, if anyone is having trouble with like anxiety or insomnia, I think this is a, and it's kind of an audiophile person. This is what you need to listen to. That's great. I've heard other people, other friends have said, I, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. And I'm like, don't be sorry. That's it. I, I love that it relaxes yeah. that much. What yeah. we need that so much right now. And and I'll tell you, I, I think two primary reasons that occurred, well, that maybe more, but one, Eric Carranza, the composer and the musician behind that beautiful music. He, uh, he generously lent his tracks from a piece that he called Root River Vibes, which he made the year before. We started collaborating uh, then last summer, and and I knew that I wanted his sound in in the back of this show at some point, and so he was one of the artists this year, and he's also featured in in it uh, as the character of Matteo, uh, and then Josiah Laubenstein, the the fellow who did the sound design. Uh, you know, I would have been lost without those two. They really, they, uh, they they blended melded and then Rachel Coonley who was the project manager organized everything so all of that mellow grooviness that you get comes from 
the collaboration between those great artists. And your beautiful voice through it all. I'm like, I know her. I know her. <laughs> yes. And then the voices of the Commonwealth actors. I mean, it's a huge cast. There are over, I think, 16 people in that show. I can't, you know, it would be gorgeous to stage it. Mm. <laughs> um, and have that many, have that many human beings in one space. Uh, oh, how I dream of that. One day. Um, yeah. Yeah, one, one day. Yes. Yeah. How was it to collaborate with that many people on an audio project? So this is a new format, right? I'm, I'm assuming, I yes. mean, because you do stage theater. So this is a, yes. a big jump. I mean, you're dealing with technology, you're dealing with the lack of physicality, you're dealing with the lack right. of, you know, eye contact and immediacy of reaction. Um, so what was that jump like? You know, it was really fascinating. The the we decided so the first meeting we did over Zoom, which you know almost everyone and their dog is zooming these days, and or I should say for us our cats we are we're zooming. So we did the first read through, and 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 I'll tell you, I thought, oh oh no, I I don't know that this is going to work because <laughs> you wrote it for because the stage. We, I wrote it for the stage, yeah, and. Um, and we also, before, this is something that you and I do when we coach, I did a check-in with the artists before we started. Like, where are you at? And, you know, it really, uh, it ran the gamut. I mean, some people were just in such a deep and profound place of sadness. And thankfully, there was one woman, Hillary, uh, she plays the characters of Lena and Astrid and Sigrid. And she, um, she said, Oh, you know, I'm an aunt. <laughs> and she was just, I mean, that lit us up and we all got so present to the possibility of life mm -hmm. <laughs> that um, that was very helpful. And so, so after that, then we, um, I had everybody just record their scenes and they would do that. They would do that over Zoom with their, their scene partners. And then I listened to them and I listened to all the takes and I took notes. And then the next week, I met with people via Zoom. I gave them my notes. I would have them do takes. I could watch them. And um, that visual was really helpful because I could say, you know what? Get up and move around. Act as if you are on stage. Really act as if. Pretend that person is in the room with you. Sit down when they sit down. And so... I was able to to utilize the thing that my visual and my kinesthetic through the use of Zoom um, and and then hone my auditory skills when I would listen to the takes without those things in it. And then I would give further notes. They would go back. And then that's where Josiah made such a difference because he could he would say, I can fix that. I can fix that in post, mm. which I'm sure you well know. You know, there's the sound files are, are fairly forgiving if you give space. Yes. Well, I fix nothing yeah. in post, which is <laughs> because I'm doing this all by myself. <laughs> so it's raw. It's very raw. You're doing raw. I, I'm yeah. into raw. And also, yeah, when one is working alone <laughs> and this is being, you know, it gets recorded. It's it's recording in the cloud and over the Internet. So um sometimes i listen back and it'll be very bizarre because i'll have asked a question but for some reason it mm -hmm. gets recorded a few seconds 
after the answer comes in. <laughs> Sometimes, just very occasionally it's happened. And I'm like, there is nothing I can do. I just have to accept that I'm kind of being heard as this prescient thing or the 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 other person is like has foreshadowed my question they've already like seen it they've answered it and then I'm like a beat too late but it's fine I accept it I accept that's how it is so yeah that's great that you had that because I assume also that with this many people I mean people had different kinds of spaces they could work from um, different kinds of equipment available to them I don't know how you work with that yeah Yeah, mostly everybody worked on their smartphone uh, or either their their Android or their iPhone. So all of that recording was done on on phones. And um, but where they recorded some people, I mean, literally uh, would would record. I recorded in in my closet, Mm -hmm. Um, the clothes, the density, uh, those um, it's that absorption of excess sound was so helpful. Some people uh, had the luxury, they would go over to the sound booth over at the theater so they could be in a more enclosed space, but open so they could move mm. as they, as they did it. Um, so it really, it ran the gamut of, of where people recorded. Uh, but none of us, except for, I think, when when by the time that we recorded the song going home which i feel like is a big triumph so i'm just going to say people listen all the way to part two so you can hear going home for that i think it was six or seven of us gathered and we all stayed six to ten feet apart uh on the stage at the theater and and we made that recording oh, wow. happen. Wow. Yeah, that was great. And and a lot of the beauty of that song actually, again, uh, is a thanks to Josiah because he took different tracks that we sang. And when we did percussive body movement and and sounds, he he just layered those things in. So um, it it it. You know, when I heard it for the first time with all of those different tracks laid in, it was glorious. There must have been an amazing <laughs> feeling to hear your work realized, put together, polished and presented back to you saying, here, you made this happen and you made this. Happen. It was, it was, it was such a gift. And, and I also, you know, a lot of the writing too, uh, along the way, I invited other people to do writing and I would coach their writing. So uh, while, while the, the large majority of it is my own voice and, and writing, uh, it, I also, there are certain characters like the character of Agnes, uh, that actress Elizabeth Dunn, uh, I, I said, you know what? You're great at improvisation. You're such a funny woman. Will you just, will you just riff on this? Will you just act as if you're in the phone booth and, and just go? And then, and then I would coach her on a few things. Add this, take this out, and so, so, I just want to give kudos to other other people who contributed writing as well. It was, um, yeah, it felt. I can't tell you how great it felt I want to go back and listen again it's just a magical thing (laughs) and I love this I mean you have this uh, this whole phone booth monologue component to it um tell us about that 
Well, it's so, you know, I was thinking a couple of years ago when I started it that I love the plays of Our Town and Under Milkwood and uh, the book Spoon River Anthology. These are just small town uh, thoughts and kind of meanderings, like a day in the life of. And because I live in a small rural town, it uh, something really struck me that that I could help tell the story of this area and then then I thought well how do I do that like well how do I put it together and then the universe as it always does comes back and provides an answer I was driving up highway 52 to one of our one of our coaching gigs I was going up to the Minneapolis St. Paul airport and I was listening to national public radio and this American life had this story called a really long distance which is about uh, a Japanese farmer in a rural area, and his town was utterly destroyed by the tsunami. So he went out and he bought a phone booth and he put it in his field so people could connect and complete their communications with the dead. And I thought, that's it. That's the story. Because we have a public phone booth here in town. And just in the past few years, they discontinued the service. But now what they do in it is people actually tell uh, historical uh, stories of the town. And you can pick up the phone and you can hear a story. And so I just thought, great, this will be this will be dramatic. These will be the monologues. The phone booth will be how people connect to the living and the dead in this town after an epic flood has hit. And uh, and some people in the town agree with it and think it's great and make connections. Other people are, you know, think it's <laughs> like the devil's work <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> talking to spirits is, is, is uh, you know, wrong and um, bad. And, and I just, it's really uh, everything that drives underneath it is how do how do we connect with one another? How do we communicate? And and I think that and, you know, the work that we do as coaches, when we tell our own story first, that's the beginning. So these monologues are the beginnings of of more active and direct communication and. Uh, sometimes they talk to people who are living. Sometimes they talk to people who are dead. Sometimes they talk to themselves and are just working through something. And there's a part three to all of this where I invite people who listen to the Root River Anthology to send me their phone booth monologue. And I think I've got five or six of them now that I'm working with. That is amazing. And I definitely want to do one. <gasps> I'm oh, so glad. yes. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I definitely want to do one. I'm super excited. I mean, it's a, I didn't know this, this backstory part, but that is what a fantastic image. I mean, I'm imagining this, you know, this British style red phone booth with telephone or something lettered on top yes. in this field in Japan. Yes. As, as yeah, the start of it. Yeah. It's um, uh, one of the, um, artist who um uh did uh, we used the poster her name is sarah slee brown and 
again, just that sort of universal synchronicity uh, at the Lanesboro Arts Center, she had a piece of work. It's called Night Call, and it is a phone booth in a field here in in the Driftless region, which is between um, Iowa and, and southeastern Minnesota. So that image also tied together with everything. Um, it's gorgeous. And this is an actual phone booth, like a physical a phone booth she yeah the so our phone booth here in town now sits closer to the river it's by our little history museum the lanesboro history museum uh but sarah actually took this image and superimposed it on a field but i have a feeling it's probably looks quite a bit like what um what the one in japan does i've never seen an image mm -hmm. of of the one in japan though just heard you know, this it. is reminding me many years ago, I'd gone to a festival yeah. up in the uh, de desert in Nevada uh, to Burning Man. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, a festival is kind of a, oh, not the best <laughs> descriptor of this life-changing, insane right. party, party, <laughs> of, party of expressive freaks. Um, but one of the things, and it, it had so much installation art, like the craziest stuff you can imagine, and one of the things I yes. remember now, this is making me um, remember, is that I had this experience where there was a phone booth, right? And again, really? in the middle of the desert, right? There's nobody nearby. You can't see, because the, the scale of this place is vast. Like what you think yes. might be a five minute walk away, you, you're walking for 30 minutes and you're like, I still haven't reached. I can see it, but <laughs> just the scale is immense. And so there's this, right. there's this phone booth in the middle of, I mean, yeah essentially you can't see anything else and it's it's a phone booth to god <laughs> and there is oh. it's connected to another phone booth that i i can't remember if the other phone booth is visible or not from where you sit in this the first phone booth um oh wow i think it's not visible so somehow they've connected it and there's other stuff in between or something but they've connected these two phone booths and you just go in and you pick up the phone there may or may not be someone on the other side so both are available to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there might have been a designation of like, if you're the listener or if, or if you're in the God phone booth or if you're in the, um, the recipient phone wow. booth. And so you could pick up the phone. There might be some, like, there might be someone who is God on the other side and you may have a conversation, but you don't know what it's oh, going to be. It, it's, it was fabulous. It was fabulous. That was amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. So did you, did you talk to God? God was silent when I went in. That was my message. Oh. <laughs> As God, As often, God is. often is. God was in my own head at the time, I guess. Um, uh. But, you know, you could wait long enough and someone would have popped in. Or I, I heard other people had the experience. So, again, you can't guarantee that God is going to be on the other side of the line. <laughs> Right. But I right. loved the yeah. image itself and the experience itself was so, it made such an, it left such an impression on me. I mean, this is years ago at this point, actually, this is a very long time ago. Um, mm. But there was something, and there's something womb-like, there's something very protective and safe about stepping into a phone booth and closing the door, that click, and then you're yes. inside and it's very private, even though it's glass on all sides and you can be seen inside, but people will not stop and stare, you know? Right. Yeah. There's some sort of respect, like, oh, that person's on the phone. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to give them space. It, 
for me too, it also, uh, I grew up, uh, I was raised Catholic. So it also has the element, you know, you close yourself off into this small space and, and there is somebody on the other side receiving you, whether they speak or not. Uh, so yeah, I think there is something, I love that it was at Burning Man. How fabulous. (laughs) This is something universal. We want to connect. We we are longing to communicate. <laughs> and there's something about the relative anonymity, just like in the confessionals, right? Mm. That you get to mm-hmm. kind of hide a little bit. You get to be yes. protected a little bit because what you're going to say is very intimate. It's very yes. personal. It might be very private. It might be very scary. It might be very forbidden or it might just be very big something very very big that you need to talk about and you need a small space Mm -hmm. to talk about big things sometimes do you know what I mean oh yes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I like that I feel like that was very profound Mm -hmm. I think we need to quote that we can quote that (laughs) big thoughts in small spaces big thoughts small spaces maybe that's what we'll name this episode (laughs) Mm, yes yeah, yeah, this is, uh, you know, I think that's one of the wonders of Lanesboro. It is a it is a small town. We have a population of around 750. Wow. Yes, you had told me it was small. I forgot how small. 750 is <laughs> the neighborhood block over here where I am in Cambridge, <laughs> Massachusetts. If that, it might just be, yeah, it might be half this block. No, no, it's not that much. But yeah, 750 is not, 750 is a very modest Indian wedding. and how are you Raina how is your summer what is going on with you in Cambridge oh so many things what's feeding your soul this in part um doing this podcast has been really really fun um I've been up to all kinds of creative things I was playing music Mm. really intensely for the first month of lockdown um and then I realized I like, again, I miss the connect. Everything I do, I need mm-hmm. a sense of connection uh, with and usually involving other human beings. Like music itself, I feel mm-hmm. deeply connected to. But I realized um, I'm an improviser and an improviser mm-hmm. needs others to improvise with. So right. I got all the big feelings out of me that I needed to through playing music and it'll come back again, I'm sure. Um, I'm staring right now at my at my keyboard and this this looper that I um, was my big lockdown purchase that is oh, all, nice. but it's all covered right now with glitter fabric. <laughs> so it looks really nice, but I haven't used it in a in a couple of months. and I don't feel bad. I know it's there for me when I'm ready. Um, I'm ready for it. I had to nice. I had to do some mourning around my I had two very active bands that I was part of. Um, and we were getting ready to start performing more actively uh, out and everything just shut down. So it felt really like the loss of a few different families at the same time. Mm. There were some relationships that I was not able to, you know, see those people anymore in the way that we used to. There's this couple of bands that I we would meet every week and go very, very deep and very intense. You know, it was basically mm. like therapy for me um yeah and all of that having stopped was definitely you know 
there was some baggage thrown around when a high speed train <laughs> stops very suddenly there was definitely some uh, some collateral damage in the first few weeks mm. but i've settled in to to whatever this is now you know mm-hmm. i think for a lot of people the the delta change was very big i have been in a state of extreme kind of flux and uncertainty for quite some time now so i was already at threshold right so there was not mm. much more i could not be there was just no space to be any mm-hmm. more in flux or you know any more anxious or nervous or you know fearful about uncertainty because i'd already been dealing with those things for so long that i feel like i have some expertise and i have a lot of mm-hmm. relative privilege like i'm living mm-hmm. in a very small space i i need i have very few needs very few expenses i've just kind of been whittling my life down to be in this magpie mm-hmm. gypsy mode um mm-hmm. so rolling with the punches has been kind of an ongoing practice for me mm Oh, you said so many things there. First of all, starting with grief, and then uh, that that you're uh, that you've already been in a transitory state. So, in in some ways, it's almost like you're uh, ahead of the game. For some, for some of us are just like whoa, right? Like right now, now that I don't have the artistic project anymore, now I start to feel like I'm really mm. like, oh, yeah, I, it's very uncertain. Um, and I love the idea of your whittling down your and it's, it sounds I, I'm layering something on here. But I like the idea that that sparks in me. Oh, right. Live, live within my means. When 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 we pare down like that, that that inspires me to remind myself live within my means within this space that i'm in there is so. a great sense of abundance i get from mm. this approach that everything i need is there if i can just open my vision to see it Ooh. it's right there <laughs> in front of me everything and sometimes i'm surprised by it it sometimes it will take me a long time to notice what is right under my nose because i'll be thrashing about reaching very far wondering why mm-hmm. i'm not you know i'm expending all this energy and spinning my wheels and the thing has been right under my nose i mean how many times has that happened to to so many of us where it's right there under your nose yeah. you know everything is there like even i mean i'm 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 good at making do but mm. without it feeling like a compromise it feels triumphant for me to make mm. do it's like oh here's a little bit of string and a withered carrot we will make art from this <laughs> <laughs> this is all we have this is this is what we make That's from exactly right <laughs> and then it gets you yeah. i mean it gets me being very creative i have to get creative i have to get very resourceful when there's very little i made this um I had this image I was talking to a friend the other day and I said it feels like we were sitting in front of a lake um a pond mm-hmm. and there were lots of little creatures running about there was this chipmunk that kept scampering right in front of us it was taunting us it was like you want me to come and catch 
<laughs> it was so cute. It was just running up and down in front of us. I mean, it felt relaxed enough to do that, which was lovely. And there were dragonflies and all these just buzzy things and floaty things all over the place. And I looked down to the water and I noticed these water striders, you know, these creatures that mm. kind of balance on this very, very delicate surface, right? Mm -hmm. It's water. Almost like fairies. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. underneath is death, right? And you're balanced mm. right on top with very little. So it takes a certain kind of, of balance and of kind of constant repositioning. I'm, I'm, I'm mm. demonstrating this right now. Like my hands and my feet are kind of open wide and my palms <laughs> are, you know, my fingers <laughs> are outstretched and I'm, I'm kind of hovering in the air right now as I say this. Um, <laughs> I wish I could see you. <laughs> I look like a dead bug. <laughs> but flip it over, flipped over so it's alive. Um, but I said, there's this image to me of being the water strider where you have to get rid of any excess baggage, not just physical bag baggage, but mental, emotional, spiritual baggage because any additional weight or imbalance and you go under. But if not, mm. if you can find your balance, then the water just carries you. Then you have to do nothing, seemingly nothing. Right. It is seemingly effortless and almost magical to be walking on water. But that's what it mm. feels like right now in this time that many of us might be doing. It's, it's a feeling of walking on water. But if we panic, mm. then we drown. Right. Hmm. so so no panicking, no panicking. <laughs> I learned this at some point I was interested in scuba diving and I was in a place where it was not um, difficult to do it wasn't very expensive and the water was warm it was in uh, uh, on a small island in Thailand so it was you know tropical coral reef diving um, oh, oh, it was amazing. I've been spoiled rotten. So like for, for <laughs> less than what people spend on, I don't know, uh, a meal out, you could be certified and go on the most exquisite. I mean, it was like being on the moon underwater, but with like, like just the most surreal landscapes, underwater landscapes. I saw essentially fields of flowers. They were like coral flowers, purple <gasps> and pink and, and, and oranges and red, just fields and fields of these corals underwater oh. and tiny little creatures, glass shrimp and very shy little crabs hiding. I would get, I got to a point where I could hover quite relatively still and get very close to a thing without having to flap around a whole lot, just by breath control, mm -hmm. which is really fun. Mm. Um, Essentially, like being like the water strider, you're just staying very still in suspended animation, yeah. watching this stuff. Um, and I learned there too in scuba that the last thing you must do is panic, right? And if you think mm. about it, then you start already spiraling into panic. Like if you start telling yourself, mm. I mustn't panic, I mustn't panic, I mustn't panic, it makes it worse. So there's there's some switch, I think, in the brain that clicks on when you really deeply understand mm -hmm. the power of being truly at ease and truly at peace and how much that brings into your life. That's it. 
That is so true that, and it makes me think of right before uh, things shut down, my husband and I got to go to St. Martin Mm. and uh, we spent time in this really beautiful cove where the water would just hold us. And I remember thinking like, memorize this memorize this it was I I was just upheld and on the last day actually we went out early in the morning before we were going to get on our plane and and it was quite turbulent and then I got thrown in the water and I was like remember this too remember this too like be easy just just keep keep going with with the waves allow it to push you and and pull you um And and then my husband would dive straight into the waves and come out on the other side. And so all those metaphors that we learn from nature, I think that the one that you mentioned is the most profound. Just release into it. Makes me think of, um, you talked about um, walking on water and it also makes me think of floating, that quality of floating. Mm And I think that's, I'm going to draw it back around to the Root River Anthology. I think that's what Eric's music really blended with the voices and the stories and things achieves this sense of floating. I think that's why, I think that's probably why you fell asleep or found yourself in such a relaxed Mm -hmm. state. Like, is that called an alpha state? I, I, I don't know. The... There are different states. I don't know the names either. But yeah. yes, there's like, yeah. you're kind of half awake and half asleep. It's this, I mean, it's kind of a very desirable state for a lot of things, for mm. being creative, um, for working through kind of deep subconscious issues or, or, or things that hold you back. Um, mm. People will often develop a practice. I'm trying to develop a practice around it myself of consciously going into these states um kind of self trance where you mm-hmm. uh it's i think uh sometimes it's called um intentional dreaming there's lucid dreaming for sure oh lucid there's lucid dreaming, dreaming for mm-hmm. sure which i've experienced kind of accidentally many times in the past but i'm trying to be more intentional um ah. but then you set there's there's an additional component where you set an intention before you go to sleep you might arrange some objects on the you know a bedside table next to you or write down a question in a in a diary or, or hold it in your mind or create some kind of visual in your head about the question that you have or whatever issue that you're grappling with so there's a there's a process but in general there's the to come back to this idea of this the state of being being held safely like the phone booth like mm. Eric's music in mm-hmm. in this environment right with your voice guiding it through and feeling like we are being held by the ocean. Mm. I mean, what what a more miraculous state to be in, right? You're in the mm-hmm. thing that can take you away from life immediately, like without question. You're in the most powerful, mm-hmm. one of the most powerful forces for me. I mean, I'm very drawn to the ocean and water. Like, mm-hmm. you notice, I'll use a lot of water analogies and, and metaphors and everything I do. <laughs> I grew up by the ocean and just water does something magical to me. And, you know, there's something womb-like also about being in the ocean. I have to ask your astrological sign here. Is that the, like, like Taurus? Is that astrological? 
Uh, yes, yes, I'm a yes. Taurus. Okay, so you're an Earth. Yeah, and okay. I heard that Earth is attracted mm-hmm. to water. Like Earth and water have this yes. symbiotic. I don't know. I don't know this stuff very well. <laughs> you're the one who has all this. <laughs> what did you call me when we met? You said, was it Raven and Alice in something to do with Alice in Wonderland? And yes, a Raven Alice a crow, something. Tell yes, me about that. What was yeah, that? a crow. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, and forgive me, this is a, a, a white woman talking about Native American practices, spirit animals. And, and I just, you struck me like a crow that you, you are a shapeshifter and you have the ability to, to be really authentic in, in the moment and shift your, shift your shape. But you also have this great wide eyed innocence and uh, the wonder of Alice in Wonderland. Like I love your approach to life because it feels like you see and, and you seek that greater perspective to see things from different angles and see things as large and 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 very very small. And there's a sense of wonder and innocence to that. And then the wisdom of the crow to be able to have that upper perspective of flight. Um, and to land and there's something kind of wizened and older about you as well those are the two things that struck me oh that's so yes I remember looking it up immediately I was like she this feels correct but it's not something I could have come on (laughs) come come upon myself so this was one of our big connection points that Katie sees me in a way that is very healing for me oh that's nice oh that's great. Tell, tell yeah. me about the So what is Root River in Root River Anthology for those who are listening? And oh, yeah, yes. give us a little context to that. The Root River is a tributary of the Mississippi River. So we uh, it's located in southeastern Minnesota and it is in. Let's see. I think it goes all the way up into. Oh, so I'm in Fillmore County, which is the only state or the only county in the state of over 10,000, closer to 15,000 lakes. We have no lake in our county, but we have the Root River. And it's, it's a lovely river that is um, powerful enough to have destroyed the area back in 2007 when there were there really were epic floods that that hit uh the area we had record amounts of snowfall and then and then rain in the spring and the root river flooded and and towns in the area were were destroyed uh people were displaced from their homes Uh, but the root river runs right through Lanesboro, the town where I live, and uh, it's essentially, does it split the town in half? Oh, kind of runs right through and there's a dam. There's a historical dam which is being worked on this this year. They're fixing it up, patching it because it's very, very old and uh, they don't want the dam to break. (laughs) But people come here to Lanesboro and to the area of the Root River because the train tracks that uh, the rail system that used to run through here uh, went defunct and they have since turned all of those uh, trails into bike trails. So not only do we have the root river that passes through, we have 60 miles of bike trails. And so it's this really bucolic, 
beautiful area. But one thing that makes it stand out in Minnesota, because we do not have standing water, we don't have, well, we do this year. There is some standing water because of the dam work. We don't have mosquitoes. So there is a definite flow. I had uh, uh, a mentor of mine came here once and she said, oh, this town, this is a vortex. Because we sit in a valley and then the root river runs through the valley. Um, and, and so energy just keeps flowing. But because we're in a valley, it has a potential to get stuck every now and then. Mm. So, yeah, it's very, it's beautiful. We live also, I'm going to give you a geological lesson here. We live in the Driftless region, which is the area uh, where the glaciers did not pass through. And that's another reason we don't have any lakes, but we have rolling hills. Nothing was flattened out. We have, we have hills and bluffs. And if you were to come here, if you've ever been to Ireland, it looks a lot like Ireland. Oh, wow. Um, also quite a bit like Norway. And those are the two, those are the two um, uh, cultures that settled here with the, the Norwegian and the Irish uh, when, when people were first making their way across the country. What a beautiful image. I just have goosebumps listening to it. Oh, oh, I can't wait for you to come. We will have you here and we will create art together. Oh, for sure. I think it is definitely in in the cards, in the future, when these things are possible, I will be there in a heartbeat. Mm. And it's an arts town, right? Lanesboro is... It is. Yeah. It, yeah, we have uh, we have the Lanesboro Arts Center, which has been here for over 20 years now. It started out as a cornucopia art. A lot of artists are just drawn to this area. It's It's got a great creative energy. Uh, it's um, also a very agricultural town. We have a sale barn. They um, uh, sell cattle and occasionally other animals as well. Uh, the Amish uh, live in the area and um, other arts. We have the Commonwealth Theater, which has been here for 32 years. We have uh, Eagle Bluff Environmental Center. So there it's 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 really kind of a magical place where a lot of different spirits are drawn to a lot of entrepreneurial spirits are drawn to the area. So do people come there from elsewhere and, and spend chunks of time and then go away again? Or is the 750 population kind of the, the, the anchor to things? Like how much do people come and go through the river? Good question. I, I don't actually know the numbers of people who come in over the weekend, but I would say, uh, or holidays and things, you know, during the summer, um, the base is around 750 and then we are also considered the bed and breakfast capital of minnesota oh, wow <laughs> so yeah so people come to this area we also have campsites all around as well there are beautiful places including eagle uh uh eagle bluff um the there, yeah, there are campsites all around so people can camp and uh, stay at bed and breakfasts, see when the theater is, is live and happening. 
um, take a bike ride. We have restaurants. And, and so I would say the town probably, probably burgeons up to on a really big weekend, maybe around 1200 or so. Um, and then back over the week, fewer people come through. Uh, but the peak times for Lanesboro and southeastern Minnesota for tourism are, I would say, April, mid-April until mid to late October. Wow. So it's definitely yeah. a place where, like a destination place. People come there. It yeah. is. Yeah. Intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that was very much in the creating of art. The, the point was, because I'm trying to learn this for myself, is how as an artist can I create and recreate and find the balance between those two things? Because you may have experienced this too. I feel like I've had so many jobs in my lifetime. There have been times when I've held six jobs mm -hmm. at one time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and it's exhausting. And, and I was longing and creating, but it felt like my creative life was suffering because it was so imbalanced. I needed to find that point of recreating to, uh, to take care of myself. Uh, I feel like COVID is teaching us that mm -hmm. lesson in a very grand way. I hope, hope, you know, for those who can harness that and learn that lesson, come back to that idea of balancing on the water. Mm -hmm. um, oh, if we, if more of us could, could take that gift on, that would be great. I certainly hope so. I don't know any other way to be. And it comes again with a, a great, you know, a deep acknowledgement for the forces that have got me here and that have helped hold mm -hmm. me here. There's definitely a sense of, of gratitude and privilege in being able to do that. Yes. But also acknowledging that I have chosen a lot of this and I have worked very hard for a lot of this mm. and a lot of the, the payoff is not something people see, right? We can mm. see the outcome mm -hmm. and think, oh, they have access to things that I don't, physical things, material mm. things, financial things. And like, mm, perhaps in part, but a big mm -hmm. part of that has been conscious decisions of doing away with, mm. I don't know, uh, ways of thinking even, not just things, but ways of thinking that do right. not serve me, that, that, are, that, are, that, that become baggage for me. Mm -hmm. Wait, there's certain ways of being in the world that for me feel very heavy and constrained. And I absolutely don't mind now that I've done it enough. I mean, this is a lifetime's worth of work of doing away with things mm. um, that do not serve me relationships or people or objects or spaces or jobs mm -hmm. or ways of being just ways of being in the world um mm. i was at the grocery store recently and i had this is something i, I miss talking to strangers a lot because i talk to strangers very often and i've been uh -huh. i've been doing it anyways i was like oh this is something that is not going to leave me so easily just because i'm in a mask and standing you know <laughs> i've had deep conversations in line standing on the designated little X mark where I'm allowed to stand with the plexiglass in between me and the checkout person. 
and they're in a mask and I'm in a mask and the glasses in between and the six or 10 or 15 feet of distance. And we have had deep conversations from everything from like my 20 year old skateboard sneakers by a brand that is no longer like it's a defunct brand. And this guy was like, well, I have not seen those in a long time. And we got into a whole, it's like, I don't skateboard, but I love the fashion. <laughs> and I've had, and these sneakers have been so many places and then great shape. And we talked about that. And then with somebody else about like how an accident put him, you know, he was bedridden for many months and the whole life story changed. And I mean, this is, mm. so it's, I think our, our way of being does not necessarily have to change. It can be sharpened. It can be honed. Mm -hmm. It can be mm -hmm. refined even to be a very lightweight version of it. So we can do it everywhere and anywhere. We can be as mm -hmm. we are, even in mm -hmm. a time like this. If we really get yeah. down to the essence of us. We can travel lightly. We can travel yes. lightly. Lightly and yeah. deeply. Mm -hmm. Which sounds paradoxical but in my head it is absolutely not right it makes me it, it brings me back to that image of you in in thailand mm -hmm. going you you went down lightly and then but deeply yeah mm. and and think of how much you saw mm -hmm. oh lovely mm -hmm. yeah. katie it has been such a pleasure catching up i am so delighted <laughs> To have you on the show, I'm going to definitely recommend anyone listening. Please check out Root River Anthology. We'll put links to it um, so we can make sure as many people as possible can hear this amazing thing you've put out in the world. Thank you. And in the you know aftermath of it, I hope you get to take some time to not do anything or not feel like you have oh, to do thank anything. You. You've done. Oh, I like lot. that. What a great. I feel like you just blessed me to, to take some time and and not do anything. There doesn't have for... to be a next yes. right now. Thank you. That's a thank you. What a great way to to end this. And yet I will ask something of you. I look forward to your monologue. Absolutely. Your phone monologue. I will be on that. <laughs> I will do that for you. That is my promise to you. Oh. That's lovely. And it can come whenever. That's one thing that I've learned, patience, or I'm learning more and more deeply, patience. So oh, what a great gift this has been, Reina. I love I you. I love you lots, Katie. Take deep care and good care and continue being the magical person you are. You too. Much love. Oh, yes. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Before you go, here's a little something you can do. If you want to tell me what you thought of this episode or if you have ideas of people you think I could speak to on future episodes, leave me a voicemail. Just go to anchor.fm slash therainasense slash message and you can record a personal voicemail just for me. I might even play it on a future episode. Again, that's anchor.fm slash T-H-E-R-A-Y-N-A S-E-N-S-E slash message to leave me a message and tell me what's up. Until next time, my lovelies, thanks for listening and take good care. Bye.